Hi there, and welcome back to the Rashcast with Jake and John, 2020 edition. This is Jake. Season preview edition. That's right. Uh, we are back with the season preview. I would say that this counts now as season two of the Rashcast. Yeah, the rest uh, of the stuff was just us meandering through the nothing. Yeah, well, or skipping it completely. Skipping it completely. But you know what is happening this week? There will be Major League Baseball after oof, nine months of no real baseball. Yep. The last real baseball game, October 30th, 2019. What happened then? It's impossible to say. It was so long ago. I don't remember. Do you know who won the 2019 World Series? Uh, can you check my hat? Uh, it seems to say World Series, and it's got a curly W on it. And it says they are in the World Series. What about, what about this hat? This hat says that they're the champions. Well, we'll have to listen to the hat. A hat has never lied to me before. No, he has not. So the the repeat season starts this starts on Thursday. The um, title defense. The title defense. Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, I don't think you could ask for a better matchup for opening night. No, and listen, they both seem to be pretty stretched out. Max Scherzer had his uh, tune-up, his, you know, I don't even know what you want to call it, I guess a spring training start. Uh, it accounts for spring training stats, which is so weird. The spring training is technically started on uh, February 27th and ended uh, well, and June 22nd. So July. July 20th. Oh, my God. It's July. Who knows? I have no idea what day it is anymore. Uh, that's the nice thing about baseball coming back. I will actually remember what day it is. Yeah, schedules will mean something again. Yes, not what day of the week, but I will remember what day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Scherzer went up. He got up to 88 pitches uh, on his, uh, I guess, on Saturday, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and 95. Yeah, I mean, his velocity looked fine. He gave up seven runs in five innings. But he also, in his last three batters, he struck them all out uh, against – Harper and Real Muto and Hoskins. Yeah. I, I mean, that's I, – I don't care, obviously, about results at this point. Uh, the fact he, that he was able he to – Hitters 0-2 a lot and just not getting them, getting them away, uh, which, I mean, I don't know. It's fine. We'll see, yeah. we'll see him on Thursday. That, I mean, this is just to say he should be able to go 100 pitches on Thursday. It should look like a regular game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, first of all, the first thing we have to address is the protocols to this point seem to be working pretty well. Yeah. Uh, the, the big hurdle that they haven't had to clear yet is travel. Uh, but in terms of everything else, in terms of baseball-related activities, uh, we've seen a couple of positive tests uh, after intake testing from uh, – Gregory Polanco, uh, Cam Gallagher, and Aroldis Chapman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we haven't seen any spread within the baseball community, uh, which is all you can really ask for. In the last round of testing, what was it, like 10,000 tests that they ran? Of all people, multiple times, they had six positives? I, I mean, you just, you just check the positives. Yeah. Obviously, uh, I would say that there is a number, even if you're not seeing spread within the community, where – you know, if, you, if you're having 20 players test positive a week, uh, you, you just kind of can't have the season uh, with flies dropping that quickly. But uh, at this point, it doesn't look like that. Uh, things seem to be working out pretty well or as well as could reasonably have been hoped. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm excited. I am genuinely excited to watch some baseball again. Uh, I don't know how much I'm going to care about wins and losses and, you know, getting into the competitive spirit of the season, but I think that's okay. I think the, the primary goal of this season should be for all involved to just enjoy it and to have fun and make it as fun as possible. Yeah. I'm looking forward to see what the players do with no, uh, how they bring energy into the game without crowd noises or if they're able to. I mean, I love the quotes from the players going around so far, like Logan Morrison saying, I played in Tampa and Miami. I'm used to this. 
you know, Matt Chapman <laughs> dissing his Oakland fans, um, who said – someone said today about Marlins Park, too. I was yeah. It was Brennan Nimmo saying, I don't want to offend the Miami fans, but this is pretty much like Miami. Right. Yeah, I mean, if they can gin up some enthusiasm. For me, watching on television, the crowd noise, the artificial crowd noise really seems to help. Yeah, the, the lull, the murmur is fine. I don't like when they hit a, get a big hit or something like that. And, yeah. then they add it, and they can it in like too many seconds after the hit happens. just feels too weird. I like the murmur of the crowd noises. I also kind of like like when they play the stadium noises too. Yeah, don't like the the excitement level. Well, so here's the thing about that: the murmur is like ninety five percent of what a crowd does. Like ninety five percent of the time, the crowd and, and the interesting thing is they've got different murmur levels for different moments in the game, uh, which I think is very clever. Uh, You're getting all of the crowd noises from the show. I will be the show. Yeah. Well. MLB the show got them from actual crowds. Well, there you go. So, you know, they've got different crowd levels. Uh, but to me, yeah, it's, it's weird when a ball is hit in the air. And then it's not just the, uh, the delay, but it's also the lack of transition where, like, the crowd doesn't amp up. It just goes from, like, the murmur all the way to, you know, high-pitched yelling. Uh, but it would be so weird without the crowd noise for so much more of the time that it, it just makes it clearly worth it to me. Yeah. Uh, plus, obviously, there's the, the whole competitive aspect, which, you know, if you, can, if you don't have crowd noise, you can hear the catcher as he moves you know, to catch signals, you can yeah. cheat a lot of different ways. And for obvious reasons, baseball doesn't want another cheating scandal right yeah, now. The way they have the last one seems like they don't mind it. Yes. Wait till a global pandemic takes everyone's mind off of it. Mm-hmm. Worked out well for them. It, it did. It worked out great for the Astros. I, I want people to can boom noises for the Astros. I would love that. I really hope because they're going to they're gonna go to L.A. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that the Dodgers uh, pipe in some booze. I think that they will. Maybe. Uh, I think it would be fun. It would be fun. Uh, Major League Baseball would probably be pissed if they did that. I don't know why. I mean, it would be fun. Yeah. Like, they're going to mic up players during the games. Probably the ESPN game they might, like opening night. Yeah, I, there, was, there was some conversation about that having to be a collectively bargained thing. I don't know if they actually got approval for it. Uh, I guess we'll find out soon. Yeah, yeah. Probably on national broadcasts, which yeah. the Nats are going to be on ESPN on Thursday night. They will be on uh, Fox on Saturday night. And then on Sunday afternoon at noon, they will be on TBS. And Masson. And Masson, uh, non-exclusive. Uh, I think that this is going to be fun. Yeah, I'm uh, excited for it. I, I wasn't excited for it until I actually saw the inter squad games and them starting to play baseball. I think that really amped it up, amped up my excitement for this. Uh, you know, it was cool seeing Juan Soto hit against Anibal Sanchez and all that stuff, and that just kind of put me back in the psyche of baseball is great. It would be one thing if it seemed like the protocols were failing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and listen, I know that there are a lot of people who have a lot of trepidation about them playing baseball this season. Uh, and I get that. Uh, but at this point, you know, if everything seems to be working out, there's no reason not to play baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they can keep the players reasonably healthy, and they seem like they can as of now, uh, there's no reason not to play baseball, and there's no reason to, to feel conflicted about them playing baseball unless it starts to feel like it's falling apart. Yeah. And, uh, and, through. and like players are getting sick constantly. Right. I mean, most and, of the, I think they announced that the five cases this week were asymptomatic too. Yes. Uh, and obviously, you know, we're not a science podcast or anything, but it seems like mask wearing contributes to asymptomatic cases. Uh, and everyone from everything I've heard seems to be following the protocols to a T something that I don't think would have happened if 
baseball, if the players and the league had gotten together and actually made an 81-game season, and if they had started spring training in Florida and Arizona on June 10th, when everyone was starting to relax, right as cases were starting to spike in those two areas, mm-hmm. I just – I don't think that the season would have worked. But now yeah. – every Everyone's on their A game. Everyone is taking this right. very seriously. And I think this is exact. The bad thing is this is probably a better time, even though there are more cases rising. Everyone sees the severity of this, at least the players who are playing, you know, understand the severity of the situation they're in and more likely to, you know. Yeah. And hell, I mean, players have talked to Freddie Freeman, uh, who had a 103.9 or 104.1 degree fever. They know the severity of the illness. They know that, you know, if they get it, they could get sick. They obviously know that if they get it, they could, you know, lose their, their livelihood for the year uh, or contribute to the season ending. Everyone seems to be taken seriously. Uh, obviously, there's still a big hurdle to clear with, with, how, or with uh, travel. Uh, and, you know, the Blue Jays have to find another country to play in. Barnstorming. You know what's fun? The Nats are going to be the first team to play a Toronto Blue Jays home game somewhere other than Toronto. Yes. They will uh, be for the home, the home opener. I mean, you could obviously have them just play every game on the road, but that doesn't seem like a solution that they're interested in. Yeah. I think – I mean, the, the best solution to me, I, I don't think Dunedin is, is feasible. Yeah. I don't want you – and I don't think the players – to me, if the players prioritized having a big league clubhouse over, you know, not playing in a virus hotspot, they would be very stupid. You know, the funny thing about this is this whole mentality, like, you know, the Mets with their minor league stadium this year, with the, um, the spring training stadium, they made all the upgrades mm-hmm. to the spring training stadium except for the minor league stuff because they wanted them to make sure that they feel like they're, uh, they're, uh, they're still minor leaguers. Right. Yeah, they could have been avoided had we not been such dicks. That I was thinking exactly that. And like there are, the players association participates in that sort of yep. you know, you get the perks when you get called up. Well, now, you know, the Blue Jays are going to have to play possibly in a minor league stadium. Now, I think maybe the best solution is one of the better minor league stadiums. Like I know they're talking with Charlotte about playing in that ballpark, which is That's pretty bad right now. Yeah, that is true. Uh, but they have the major – I mean, they're not Florida, and yeah. they have a major league caliber uh, minor league park. So we'll see. Uh, that all has to be figured out, but – They'll get figured out. There was a, you know, a pretty decent chance that we wouldn't get to this point at all. But here we are. Opening day is – going to happen. Is happening. Uh, and I'm super excited for it. So let's move to this talk about the season then. On that. that is a good idea. So, crazy season. 60 games, 40 games in division, 20 games against your AL counterparts. Um, Nats get to open on Tuesday, Thursday, first game of the season against the Yankees. Let's talk about the Nats. So, um, I, what do you think uh, are their biggest strength? I mean, obviously the biggest strength is starting pitching. Right. How well do you think their starting pitching is going to play in a season like this, where it has such a short run-up time, where, um, you know, it's a sprint, so it's a 60-game sprint, where you can kind of cut, you can even maybe hide the bullpen if you want to, um, and use, you can rely on that starting pitching a little bit more. Well, I don't know that the Nats are in a position where they really need to hide the bullpen anymore. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they really made... I'm not high on Hudson anymore. I, don't, I really don't think he's going to be good this year. I mean... For a guy who has a fastball that goes up to 98 miles an hour, he doesn't really have strikeout stuff. I think it's mostly his fastball is super straight, uh, and he's not great at locating it. Mm-hmm. But he's, you know, he's, not the, he's not the A option. He's the seventh inning guy, and they've got a lot better depth. You know, they've got Ryan Harper. They've got uh, you know, Suero is now instead of – at one point, he was the second-best option. Now he's, like, sixth-best. Yeah, we have Rainey. Well, we don't have any lefties, but besides Doolittle. No, uh, they were giving a tryout to Fernando Abad, but uh, Abad got unlucky in the sense that he had to quarantine for 14 days, uh, a requirement which the D.C. government has since rolled back, 
as frankly they should have because it doesn't make sense for people who are getting tested regularly to have to quarantine for that an extended period of time. Uh, but, you know, Abad got the, the bad luck of the draw. Uh, yeah, the Nets have a pretty weak left side of the bullpen other than Doolittle. Uh, Sam Freeman is in camp. Who knows what he still has left in the tank. It, um, off of the 30-man roster, possibly. Right. Uh, in terms of so, – so Davey Martinez said today that he had 28 spots on his 30-man. Oh, we also have Royanus Elias, who's also behind the eight ball because of a positive test. Uh, but he was asymptomatic, and now he's back in camp. Um, so they, you know, they, they have very few options from the left side other than Doolittle, but Harris can get lefties out uh, and may, in fact, be better against them. Hudson's not bad against lefties. They've got a deeper bullpen than they had, you know, obviously last year. You in the playoffs, but, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've got four options that are pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have four starting pitchers who are pretty decent. Uh, the, the loss of Joe Ross to, you know, Ross opted out doesn't really hurt them uh, because they have Fetty and they have both. I would say that based on last year, both probably has the inside track at the fifth starter spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fetty's looked better in the, the limited summer camp for what that's worth, which is very little. Um, they both break camp with the team. Oh, yeah. I mean, with 30 men on the roster. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, Davey Martinez said yesterday that he's got 28 of those 30 roster spots figured out right now. Uh, a guy that I would expect to make it, is uh, Emilio Bonifacio on the bench? Yeah. Uh, Bonifacio. I think Bonifacio can be the Paro guy, guy who really connects with the young stars. They love him. I've, they've seen – I just follow Soda and Robos on, on Instagram. They're always tagging him and stuff. It's very funny. They, they love him. Yeah, I mean, he's – He fits on a high-energy guy. He, he's fast. I mean, Paro's not got speed – doesn't have speed. But Bonifacio plays a lot of energy. Um, and he plays a lot of different positions. And, I mean, you don't, you don't stick around as a guy with his skill set until age 34 unless you're a, a good clubhouse guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, I mean, the fact that he can play basically everywhere on the diamond is super useful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's still at 34 – you know, coming up mainly as an infielder, he still plays a very competent center field. Yeah, he, played a, he played, made a really nice play the other night. I forget which yeah. game it was, one of the inter-squad games, but he made a really nice play in center. Yep, uh, and obviously with Robles a little late to, to be able to break camp, uh, having some outfield depth is really useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I, I do expect that Robles is going to play okay. on opening night. If for no other reason, then it's not like there's somewhere else you can send him to get at bats. He'll get at bats. He'll probably bat ninth, and mm-hmm. at bats through you know seeing live pitching gets Garrett Cole. Right. Um, so the biggest strength is the starting pitching. But you didn't answer my question, which yes. was how do you think that that's going to play in a short season? Well, uh, I mean the Nats pitchers seem to be stretched out and ready to go long. Uh, really early on in the season. And I think that's more important, frankly, than, you know, even having good starting pitching. It's, it's having starting pitching that's able to go deep early in the season. Uh, I mean, the Nats should be at no cap on pitches within the second, by the second turn in the rotation. Uh, and that's, that's huge because essentially – while there are teams like, like Walker Bueller has only ever thrown three innings in a sim game. Uh, it's going to take him a while to build up. Uh, I mean, we're only talking about maybe 12, uh, 13 starts in a season. Uh, so I think that's big. You know, I, I don't really know what's going to be the key here. I, from everything I've seen so far, by the way, it seems like the ball is going to continue to fly. Yeah, that one um, C.J. Crone hit that was robbed by some Tigers outfielder where he just pokes it and somehow makes it up with the fence. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about that. I don't care. 
you know, I'm not, I'm not preoccupied with the competitive integrity of the game this year, like I would be in another year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just from a, a you know, what baseball is going to look like standpoint, it seems like the ball is flying again. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think maybe the the most important rule change is having a reliever with strikeout stuff that you can go to in uh, uh, the extra innings with the runner on second rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nats don't really have a huge strikeout guy. Uh, most of their relievers, although very good, are more pitch-to-contact types. Um, I don't know how often that's going to factor in. It's sort of an open question because uh, we've never seen that rule before. So that's the biggest strength is they're starting pitching. I'm going to talk a little bit about what I think is their biggest weakness. And Go for it. It's, I think, their lineup. I mean, so here's the thing with the Nats lineup. I think this lineup, one of the great things about the lineup last year, and it's, I think it'll carry over to this year, especially when they were going right, was how good of at-bats this team was able to put up. You know, you have so many guys who are good contact guys and good, um, and, you know, guys like Soto, Eaton, um, you had Rendon last year. Veteran guys who work at-bats. Exactly. You have a lot of those guys, and I think that will continue this year. Yeah. My biggest concern is, you know, we're having Starling Castro sitting third for us. Right. I mean, they, they took Rendon uh, yeah. and replaced him with a hodgepodge of league average guys. Exactly. And I think losing Rendon and putting that replacement is going to really stunt the offense. Although – I'm very, very high in Eric Thames. I think he is going to – I think Ryan Zimmerman not playing might be not a, almost like a blessing in disguise. With, with the DH, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Sorry about that, listeners. Um, but, yeah, I think Thames, he looked really good so far in the, the summer camp games. And he's just so large. and He's such a big boy. He is so large. And he just hits baseballs very far. I think he'll have a really good season this year. I think he's going to be the guy, that guy in the lineup. He'll probably hit fifth, sixth in the lineup, possibly. Um, you know, the lineup so far in spring games have looked, has looked like Turner, Eaton, Castro, Soto, Kendrick, Thames, uh, Kibum, Suzuki, uh, center fielder. So right. probably Robles for now. Well, I think the biggest question for the Nats is what you're going to get out of Kibo. Yeah. Defensively, I'm not expecting much of anything. No. Uh, so he's been Hudson, though, the other day. No, I mean, he, he has hit in the minor leagues everywhere he's been. And obviously, I, I think it's too much to judge based on an 11-game sample uh, how he'll do in the major leagues. Although 11 games this year is basically a fifth of the season. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I think you can judge from a small sample size how he's going to be defensively. And he just – he seems like he's got poor instincts at third base. The thing with him is he's made some really, really nice plays. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's an instincts thing. I think he's got fine instincts. Although, you know what? He reads the ball poorly off the bat. I think that's That's it. what I'm talking about. He has – I he think – reads the poor – He reads the ball, the ball between hops a lot of times where – the ball will come and he'll kind of short hop himself because he'll, he doesn't know whether to come in or move back. He has good instincts in the way that he can track down a ball well and make you know tough plays kind of. He's made a couple of really nice over-the-shoulder grabs. He's made some nice stops at third. But it's the easy plays that are going to be the issue for him, the kind of the hard choppers that are coming at him. I think that's going to be the hardest part. Yeah, of I, I don't think – so it's – he's got good tools. Uh, he's got good range. He's quick. Uh, but he doesn't seem to have – like the fundamentals don't seem to be there. The instincts, the reactions. Uh, his, his glove seems to be, in the scouting sense, hard. Like he has a really bad job coming up with tough hop ground balls, at least from what I've seen so far in the 11 games last year and the, you know, inter-squad games that we've been able to see. Spring this year too. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, we've seen every game I seem to watch with Keebum in the end, he seems to make an error. Right. And, or a play that should have been made that doesn't yeah. go down as an error, but should have made it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I don't like his third base. I think he'll hit, you know, enough. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, and, and the Nats I'm, have had – I haven't been high on him in a while. The Nats have had amazing continuity as a franchise at third base. Yep. They had Ryan Zimmerman, then who was a dynamite third baseman, and then as soon as Zimmerman couldn't play there anymore, they had Anthony Rendon, who was a perennial gold glove candidate. Uh, and now they've got – you know, they have to figure out third base for the first time in a while. And, you know, maybe it's Key Boom who continues that continuity. Figures it out. Uh, he plays well enough defensively, and he hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the first time in a long time, third base is a question mark. Yeah. So I would say that there is upside potential for this lineup. They have a lot of veterans who can hit. Uh, like they've got good depth in the sense that they've got a lot of movable pieces. Uh, you can put a lot of guys anywhere. And I think Bonifacio is also one of those guys that you can just plug in place. You know, they're very flexible, this team. You know, you have, you have you know, four guys who can play out. You have six guys who can play outfield. You have, you know, the one problem last year is you had no shortstops behind Turner. You have Keeboom who can play short. You have um, Bonifacio who can play short. You have Cabrera you know, who can play short. Um, so you have plenty of guys who can back up. You have a, a lot of flexibility, which I think is a good thing to have. Right. You don't have outside of Soto. You don't have that guy. You've got maybe one. Kendrick. You've got one guy. You got one guy. And Kendrick. Yeah, you know, maybe I'm sleeping on Kendrick. You know, I'm worried about him having no, you know, really spring guy summer camp. Um, yeah, well, he's he didn't have a spring or much of a summer camp, but he's also DHing. Yeah. Uh, which should pro? I mean, like, I think the DH will help prolong his career to oh, the yeah. point where I think he can he play forties. Yeah, uh, I mean, his his swing is so nice. It's looks so like nice. he can roll out of bed and hit. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. There's upside potential with this lineup with Robles maybe stepping forward with Keyboom stepping forward. You know, you're not going to have a guy like Rendon, which is obviously a loss, but I think that this team can hit enough that with their pitching, they can, they can make some noise. So let's talk about that. Let's move forward to the NL East preview and the rest of wow, the This is flowing so well. I'm so good at this. I am so good at producing podcasts. So um, let's talk about the NL East. Where do you – let's go last place we agree, Marlins. Yes, that was a tough one. That was a tough one. I like the Marlins in two or three years, maybe. Uh, Who knows? They, they made some moves. Uh, they got Corey Dickerson, uh, Jesus Aguilar, Jonathan VR. They have guys in the lineup now. Yeah. And they have some good young pitching. I mean, they're not going to compete, but they're interesting. Yeah. I mean, they're in a very tough division, and they're, I think, in a struggle to win 20 games. But at the same time uh, – I mean, I think they will win 20 games, but I think they're, it's going to be somewhere around there. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they're, you know, they're interesting. I like their offseason yeah. uh, as far as I can remember it because it was hundreds of what thousands of years ago. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Marlins are fifth. Fourth, who do you feel? Um, I fluctuated a lot with this. I don't know. I'm going to say, who do you think? Uh, hmm. Well, uh, I think in fourth in the NL East, I am going to go with, the. you know what? I'm going to go with the Braves. That's what I was thinking too. I was thinking the Braves. I mean, so they lost – a big bat in Josh Donaldson. Uh, they didn't replace him. Uh, well, they got a zoom. They got a, a, that's not a replacement for Josh Donaldson. Uh, they, they lost Nick Markakis to, to opted out. 
They lost Puig now. They lost Puig to asymptomatic COVID. Uh, they lost Freeman, who is now back, uh, but you know, still unclear uh, how he's going to recover. They tried to add pitching depth, but Cole Hamill seems like he's a long shot to ever pitch in that uniform. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's possible with A, the shortened season, B, the, uh, the wave that he pitches, and C, the way the ball is going to fly, that Mike Soroka is going to struggle and take steps back. Uh, I mean, it's obviously a super talented team. Yeah, I mean, this they is- can easily win the division. This is not a knock on the Braves. Right. I mean, this is just, you know, I agree. I was going to say I was going to say the Braves as well. I, I was hesitant because I think I said the Braves were going to finish fourth last year. And they ended up winning 97 games. So actually, uh, no, change it. I'm gonna say the Mets. Yeah, I feel like you can't go wrong picking against the Mets. Can't go wrong picking against the Mets. It's just you know they have the Grom, who's great. I I really think I'm excited to see Sess play again. I love Sess. I think their offense is gonna be a lot of fun. I think that's gonna be a fun fun team. That's why I didn't want to pick them to finish fourth because that offense is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's pretty great. I mean, Sess, Alonzo, McNeil. Conforto. I mean, Rosario had a great second half last year. It's a really good lineup. Ramos hitting like is, seven. My problem is, is after DeGrom, you know, in the rotation, it's kind of weak now because he yeah. lost Syndergaard for the year. Steven Matz has always been up and down. I mean, you got Rick Porcello, Michael Waka. I mean, these guys aren't you know, like the, the, the Mets rotation of old. And this is DeGrom and some guys. And Some guys that Jeff Wilpon remembered. Yes. Michael and the bullpen, bullpen could bounce back. I mean, they got Batances, and Diaz could probably back, bounce back. So they could have a lights out back into the bullpen. Right. But I don't and know. Batances is back up to 97 miles an hour. So he's, he seems to be back. Uh, I thought that was a very good signing. Yeah, I did too. And, I mean, maybe Diaz will be fixed. Maybe with no fans in City Field, it'll be better. Yeah, who knows what happened to him. It was so weird. So he's still throwing the same stuff. Right. People were just occasionally – I mean, he struck out like 15 for nine last year. Yeah. But every time he didn't strike someone out, the ball went far. Yes. So, yeah, I'm going to say the Mets. I just really think the rotation might stifle them this year. So who do you got third then? Third, I'm going to say – I'm going to say the Nats. Okay. I, it's kind of the opposite of the Mets. The rotation will take them far, but I think – the lack of offense is going to hurt them, you know, in the, in the long run. It's not a long run. It's a and short season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, third, I've got the Mets. We just talked about them. Right. Second, uh, I've got the Phillies. I've got the Braves. Which obviously, you've got the Braves second? Yep. Which, so you've got, you've got the Phillies first then? Yep, I got the Phillies first. I like the Phillies. I think their bullpen is going to be interesting – uh, but, you know, Nola's going to be good. I think Wheeler's going to be good. I think um, their offense is going to be a lot of fun. I think D- I think people sleep on Didi Gregorius a lot, and I think that's I think he's a very important bat to that offense. Yeah. I think he'll be that guy, along with Kutch, uh, who adds a lot of energy to the offense. I mean, we saw the Phillies with Kutch, and they were one of the best teams in baseball, and as soon as they lost Kutch last year, they, pl- they plummeted. Well, and you've got to also factor in a managerial change. Yes, and that's a positive. Marty is a much better manager than Gabe Kapler, and I think he'll understand how to use a bullpen and not go out there and and dick around on the mound like Kapler did. And that's the problem is that Kapler had a much, at least on paper, stronger bullpen than than Girardi's going to have. Yes. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, I vacillated on this i couldn't t- decide whether to pick the nats or the phillies because i think you're absolutely right that dd gregorius is gonna have a big season he's gonna be an x factor mm-hmm. uh and they've got a very deep lineup but they have two starting pitchers uh <laughs> and one of them has never performed up to his stuff and the other was pretty mediocre last year uh i think no i think that was down here i think no, i don't know i mean I don't think anyone ever predicted that Nola would have a nine-win season. 
I think Nola was the, as high a draft pick as he was because he was a very low, very high floor pitcher. Uh, you know, he's he's got a great curveball, obviously. Uh, you know, fastball changes. He's a good pitcher. I just I don't know if he was one of the top five pitchers in the sport, like he you know showed out in 2018. Uh, you know, I, I don't see him as a true ace type of guy. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's got a true ace type of season, so maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, but I just I don't think that there's enough pitching on that team. As I, good think, as I think the most important thing for this season is offense. I think offense, which is counterpoint to the Mets, but, you know, the Mets are probably going to get a COVID outbreak. Yeah, because they're the Mets. Never <laughs> bet against the Mets. Never bet for the Mets. Um, you know, I, this is actually I mean, the again, same. I think the Mets could win the division. I'm just putting them forth in this thought exercise. Right. But I think the Mets could very well. I think offense is going to be the most important thing this season. And I think the Phillies have a lot of good offense. They're very balanced from the left and right side. Adding Didi and Har- now they have and Harper coming back from I mean of course coming back for another season he has nowhere else to go, um, but Harper <laughs> for another season, um, you know Hoskins I think is going to rebound, um, and just you know Real Muto that's good, just going to be a really good lineup. I mean I see I finally to answer the question you asked a while ago I think pitching is going to be super important this year. Uh, I feel like teams that have starting pitching that can go deep into ball games are going to have such an advantage over other teams just because there aren't going to be very many of them. Like high quality starting pitching is going to be so hard to find this year. That's why I think it's going to be such a huge advantage for the Nats. Yeah. Uh, Nats win the division. I got the Nats winning the division. I, we're not going to make world series or playoff predictions. We'll just playoff in the prediction. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So let's go to the central. I don't think we need a team by team for every. No. Uh, well, we'll just go one through five. Uh, yeah. I've got. Yeah, uh, let's just go with the division wins. Yeah. I think we both have the same team. I think we both have the Reds. Yeah, I think the Reds are the right pick for this. I mean, I think they have they're good on both sides of both offense and pitching. You know, Gray had a good year last year. Bauer for a full season, well, sixty game full season. Um, they have a, a solid – I mean, Iglesias had a down year last year in the pen, but Lorenzo had a good year. Um, they got guys back there on the pen, um, and their offense is going to be a lot of fun. And by my logic, I think offense is important. I mean, they got Moustakis. They got um, – how do you pronounce his name in center field? Castellanos? Oh, no, Shogo Akiyama. Akiyama. Yeah, they got him. Uh, they got Castellanos, um, who could DH, but he doesn't want to because he's a sourpuss. He's the biggest sourpuss man. But he's going to hit he's gonna so hit much in that ball. I mean, that right center field is going to be taken advantage of. Right. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, and then add that with Suarez. Add that with um, um, Moustakis. Who they, oh, yeah, we mentioned Moustakis. Add that with, you know, even an aged Joey Votto can still put up good at-bats for your team. Um, right. And Tucker Barnard can hit us for a catcher. I mean, that's going to be – and then also they have um, – Freddie Galvis had a good year last year playing short. Sure. So that's just a, it's a good lineup. It's a very good lineup. And Nick Senzel, who we don't know what they're going to get out of. It's yeah. a good lineup. They have a great rotation. I mean, they've got Gray, Castillo. like Castillo, I completely forgot about him. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good rotation. You know what I just remembered? What? Tanner Roark is on the Blue Jays. That's right. Completely <laughs> forgot that. Uh, but, yeah, they, they have a good rotation. They've got a deep – starting lineup uh and i don't think any of the teams in the central got better no i think the cardinals are interesting they the are Cubs are gonna fall off uh and then obviously the other teams are not brewers. good no brewers are good brewers are i don't know i you know i've bet against the brewers a bunch of times i i don't think that they're hey for the one time you could have bet against them it worked here's the interesting thing though with a short season, yeah, they, they can not, probably they utilize. They got injured Christian Yelich. No, that's not what I was going to say. They can probably uh, utilize their reliever yeah. strategy a lot more. Mm-hmm. So maybe they'll be better than expected. Yeah, maybe, they, I mean, that's how they had such great September's the last two years. Right. Because they were able to utilize that you know forty man roster and just they can they can redline their relievers all season. Yep. Uh, so maybe that'll be. I don't know. It'll be interesting. 
Yeah. We'll see. Uh, so, well, so, I mean, obviously. San Diego Padres. Go Padres. Go Padres. Uh, Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers, Dodgers. Are, have the best lineup, probably best rotation. I mean, up there, best rotation. Second best rotation in baseball, best lineup in baseball. Good enough uh, yeah. They're so good. Very, very good. They're going to win over 40 games, probably. Probably. Yeah. And now, yeah. But you know what? To be the best team in baseball, you can still lose to the wild card team. So, yeah. NL is we got you have Nats, I have Phillies. Central is Reds, West Dodgers. Who are your wild card teams? Uh, so my wild card teams, the Phillies and the. Uh, I'm choosing between the Diamondbacks and the Cardinals. Choose a Brewers. It's based off your strategy of them redlining for two for two months. I think it could work, but yeah. uh, no, you know what? I'm going to go with the Diamondbacks. I'm back, so I got the Nats and Phillies. And Nats and Braves, I mean. Nats and Braves. Nats and Braves. Uh, okay. Mid- so let's go to AL. AL East. Pretty easy. The New York Yankees. Yeah, that's also a very good team. They got better uh, by adding the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they'll be very good this year. Uh, they- healthy. They're pretty much fully healthy now. They have everyone in their lineup. Their lineup's deep one through nine. Uh, their rotation is, you know, very pretty deep, too. I mean, Cole, Cole Paxton is as good of a one-two punch you're going to get. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're – they're, there, There's no holes in this team. There's it's no just, holes in this team. They're both really, very, really good. It's a yeah. very constructed team. Because the great thing the, – the interesting thing about the Yankees – or what I, it's just a well-built team. It's not the old Yankees where they go out and sign everyone. It's a team where they build. I mean, where they build through the draft, and their offense is pretty much all drafted players. And yeah. then they add Cole. I mean, Stanton they trade for because they have lots of money. And uh, Cole, they. I mean, they're they're well over the luxury tax. Yeah, but they. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a very well constructed team. There are no holes on this team. Yes. There were also no holes last year until everyone died, and they still won 103 games. So. Uh, to the central, I think the central's gonna be. I think the AL Central and the AL West are gonna be the two most divi- interesting. Oh, and the NL East are the three most interesting divisions in baseball. The AL West. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think the AL Central is going to be won by the Twins. Twins, yeah, they, they're a team that got better. Um, they won 102 games and they got better. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's but, a division that also got better. Yes, so that's why I am going to pick the Chicago White Sox to win the division. I think you're underestimating. I mean, they got better. They got a lot better. No, and I think Luis Roberts is going to be really good. Luis Roberts is going to be insane. I think he's going to go off this year. And then we'll pair that with a second year of Eloy Jimenez, who's going to get better. Um, pair that with Juan Mankato, who had a great year last year, is going to be good again. Mm-hmm. Uh, pair that with Osmani Grandal, who right. is one of the best offensive catchers. It's a good ball. lineup. Pair and that with Edwin Encarnacion. But they also got right. that is a very very deep lineup mm-hmm. and a very exciting and a very uh, Latin lineup too. You know, at Jose Abreu. Yeah. No, I mean it's and, oh, and Tim Anderson, the fucking no, part of my French. The uh, what did you uh, say? I said I said the F word. Oh my God! You said the F word. Yeah, uh, but they have Tim Anderson too, who was the batting average leader from last year. It's a very leader. good lineup, uh, but they, remember they, the. Giolito. But the Twins, remember, you know, just broke the major league home run record and added uh, Josh Donaldson to that. That is true. The Twins also have a very good lineup. I think the White Sox have a – I think White Sox have better rotation. They have a better top end of the rotation than the Twins do. I think yeah, I agree. over Barrios. I think Keiko over Odorizzi. Um, and, you know, the Twins have a little bit more depth in the rotation. But, you know – I think the I think Aaron Bummer in the pen is really good for the White Sox. Colum A can is still pretty decent in the pen. Um, you know, I I think that's just a it's a deeper team than I think people think. No, I agree. It's a deep lineup. Uh pitching staff kinda gets rough after one two. Uh yeah. and I don't think the bullpen is so good. Uh really good. But that that's all true. I mean the twins have well a lot of guys. No, mm-hmm. they have a lot of guys behind uh, 
their front two. They've got Bailey, they've got Rich Hill, they've got, you know, Trevor May. So they've, they've got guys. But none of those guys are like... No, they're not great. But they, they have guys. Uh, I just... I don't see how you can win 102 games, get better, clearly better on paper. And lose and the division. Because it's a 60-game season. That's why. I mean, no, no. Anything can happen. The error bars are huge on this season because it's 60 games. Oh, yeah. They've got a no more Mazzara, too, who I like. I mean, they hasn't put up too much. But, oh, yeah, Gio's in the rotation. Yeah. Gio is in the rotation. Yeah. in the rotation. There was an interesting article in Gio uh, about Gio in Sandgrafts a couple days ago. Uh, that talked about the fact that Gio last year essentially seemed like he had a strategy to fall behind in counts and mm-hmm. then use his changeup to like work his way back. Well, uh, in 2017, I felt like, I mean, his thing was he liked, for, it seemed like he liked pitching with runs in scoring position. He had an incredibly high strand rate in 2017 yeah. with runs in scoring position. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's still plugging along he's still Gio Gonzalez there's no reason why he can't be a suitable third starter it's and torture you while he's doing it the White Sox rotation is three-fifths former Nats that's true yeah it's uh, so funny Ronaldo I mean, Lopez came over in the same trade but yeah yep. uh I don't know I see your point on the White Sox but I'm still going to take the twins I think I'll take okay. the White Sox in the wild card all right so let's move to the AL West Okay. And like you said, I think this is more interesting than people give it credit for. I think there's a four-team race. It's a very clo- I think it's a much closer four-team race than people think. You're giving the Rangers that much credit? I think they're – I mean, they were a 500 team last year. I mean, they didn't really get much better, I guess, in the offseason. They added Kluber. They added Kluber. They, they whiffed on all of their big offensive plans. Yeah, yeah. They, were, they were thinking about – they're not my pick to win the division, but I think they could in a short season. Again, anything is possible. I think the Rangers have enough pitching with Minor, Lynn, who were both very good last year, and Kluber. And they added Kyle Gibson, so they added more pitching. Yeah, they added more pitching. And then their offense, you mean Joey Gallo, um, Odor. I mean, Odor's not that good. Odor was terrible last year. Yeah, he's pretty no, good. It's, it's not a very good offense. I just I don't see them being all that much trouble. I mean, yeah, I don't, I'm not picking them to win. I mean, I'm not picking them to make the playoffs at all. No. But, um, but I do have the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim winning the division this year. Oh, are we going to call the Toronto Blue Jays the Toronto Blue Jays of well, wherever they end up playing? Yeah. Barnes, uh, uh, but, yeah, I think the Angels win the division this year. I think, I think with a full season of Otani hitting, Rendon, Trout, Estella. You know, Justin Upton is still in that lineup. And he's, you know, all right, but he's still just, you know, not that bad. Um, I think just the top four alone, Lestella, Trout, Rendon, Otani, is a ton of offense. It's a ton of Where's hit. the pitching? Where is the pitching going to come from? They it's, added they, – they certainly – they went from ungodly bad to mediocre in a lot of ways with their pitching staff. They added Dylan Bundy. They added Julio Tehran. Uh, and that's not nothing because they were so bad pitching last, last year. But I mean, there are two teams, one that won 97 games, another that won 107 in that division. I just – I don't know. I mean, sure, they added Rendon. That lineup is great. I just – I don't see them having enough pitching to manage to unseat those two teams. So who do you have winning? I got the Astros. I, I know that they got worse. They didn't replace Cole. Uh, they, they're still just – I mean, their offensive – I mean, their lineup is so good. I mean, they still have two possible – one Hall of Famer, one other possible Hall of Famer in the rotation. That's right. Still pitching well. They added Granky to preemptively replace Cole when yeah. they traded for him last year. Uh, and obviously he's not as good, but he is still very effective. And he's a guy I could see pitching into his 40s. Or, I mean, because of who he is, maybe just retiring when he gets bored of it. But uh, Yeah, they're still a very good team. They'll probably win the division. I'm just making I know you're, you're making a claim to be interesting. But, like, I think Yuli Gurriel is one of the most underrated players in baseball. 
I agree. He's great defensive. He's great on both sides of the ball. He's got one of the best, you know, contact swings. He can hit any pitch. I think the one wild card when it comes to the Astros is how they fare now that their cheating has been found out. And I'm not just talking about from a morale perspective because, you know, I, I think that's past them. But, uh, you know, I, I don't believe for a second that they weren't cheating last year. Yeah. No matter what the commissioner says. Uh, I mean, why would you win a World Series with cheating and then just give it up? I, it just makes no sense. Yep. Uh, nothing about I, – I mean, obviously – that's relitigating old news from four and a half months ago. But now that they're playing games again, I think that's a big X factor. Are the Astros who they appear to be on paper? Or, mm-hmm. you know, was it a mirage? Oh, my. It's a mirage. Yeah. Uh, I tell you all, it's a sabotage. So, we have – I have the division winners being the Yankees, the White Sox, and the Angels. You have Yankees, Twins, and Astros. Do you your only change in division winners is in the Central, NL Central, from yep. year to year. That's right. I am boring. I go to chalk. No, what are you talking about? I went the Nationals. They didn't win the division last That's year. That's true. I forgot about that. They did win the World Series. They did? Yeah. It was big news. It was in all the papers. Matter of fact, I have the, the sports section up uh, in my room, the world class with uh, Zimmerman giving the bear hug. Yeah. Uh, so, so, who are your wild card picks? Wild card picks: White Sox, and I think I'm going to go Indians. I'm going to go A's and Astros. Going for okay. Um, yeah. So I think that's the end of our season preview. Oh, yeah. we're going to do no. It's not the end. We have more to talk about. We want to talk about stats this year because stats are going to be crazily stupid. You know, yeah. You're going to have a guy who leads the league. In homers with 20 homers, you're gonna have a guy who wins the league and wins in eight. You know, ERA is gonna be crazy, low and high on both ends of the spectrum. Same with batting averages. So I want to make one bold claim that a player is gonna hit 400 this year. And my prediction of who is gonna be you, okay if you were to pick anyone to hit 400 this year, who do you think it's gonna be? Don't take my pick because you know who it is. If I had to pick anyone who was gonna hit 400, I would pick Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson. Uh, I mean. It's funny that you picked Tim Anderson when I think the White Sox are going to win the division. I'm going to pick Luis Arias from the Twins, second-year player, 23 years old, who I think is going to hit 400. Guy just make contact a lot. He's yeah, a hitter, he's I this slap hitter. I think he's fun. Uh, got speed. Tim Anderson is – well, no, Arias does not have that much speed. He only stole two bases last year. Uh, don't stereotype. What, what slap hitters? Don't stereotype slap hitters. He's more Alberto Cayaspa than Ichiro. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think he – I think you're right to pick him. I didn't pick your pick because uh, I didn't want to be boring. And I do think Anderson has a legitimate shot at 400 over a 60-game season, uh, especially with all that protection in that lineup. Uh, I mean, he's going to get pitched too at the, leading off that lineup. I think he could hit 400. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but Arias is fun. He doesn't strike out. Uh, doesn't walk. No. He walks. No, he had a 9% walk rate last year. A little bit. So, um, let's see. So, what other stats we're talking about? Home runs. Who do you think is going to lead home runs? How many do you think they're going to hit? All right. So, uh, 20 home runs on pace would be 54. Uh, I think that we're going to see a number significantly higher than that. I think we're going to see 23 home runs lead the league, and I think it's going to be Giancarlo Stanton. I'm going to say 25 will lead the league, and it's going to come from the, the not the Bronx, but from uh, Flushing's New York, and it's going to be Pete Fidalonzo. That's fair. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, the AL East is a much easier – division in terms of pitching and Yankee stadium is a much, and they're, they're going to play 10 games. The, my other reasoning for this was they're going to play 10 games against the Orioles. Yeah. And they're going to play. I pick Labor Torres. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, they play in the AL East, which is a much less pitcher unfriendly division. 
they play in a band box. They're going to play the, the Orioles 10 times. They're going to play the Blue Jays and possibly a minor league stadium where the ball's going to carry. Uh, I just – I see Stanton. a Yankee. And I, I think it's going to be Stanton because, frankly, I don't – I mean, I could say this about either of them. But I think one of Judge and Stanton isn't going to stay healthy. Uh, yeah. And I am picking Stanton to stay healthy. Well, I picked Pete Alonzo for less reasoning outside of the fact that he's Pete Alonzo and he hits big, big dinger boy. So who do you think on the pitching side uh, is going – what do you think is the, going to be the number of innings pitched that uh, – keep in mind that 200 innings is about 70. So, um, yeah. I think we'll top out – I think we'll see someone go about 80, 84. 80-85 range. That's a, that would be a lot of innings. Let's see. I mean, how many starts are they going to make this year? So 60 games, you know, you probably make about 12 starts a year, um, you know, assuming you go every five days. Not assume, yeah, that's right. So that would be 80 divided by 12 would be, you know, quick maths is about seven. and So 85 innings would be 230 prorated. Well, let's see. I think because – 85 divided by 12 is about seven innings a game. So seven innings a start would be about eight, would be 80 innings pitched approximately. I uh, mean, it's not, it's not an impossible number to reach, but you got to remember. That's true. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I didn't do the math beforehand. I'm going to go below the 200 inning threshold. I'm going to say 68 is the top. And I think it's going to be Garrett Cole. I'm going to say. It's going to be 75, and it's going to be Justin Verlander. Uh, I, I think that, you know, he's got Dusty Baker managing him, and, you know, he's Justin Verlander. Yeah. Uh, He'll do the Max Scherzer treatment while he yell at Dusty Baker to leave. So 100 strikeouts over the course of a season, uh, over the course of a real season, prorated, would be 270 over 162. Okay. Uh, do you think someone's going to hit that mark? Over 100? Um, yeah, you think someone's going to go over 100 strikeouts? I think so. I think batters are going to strike out a lot this year. That's true. But uh, in order to get there with uh, – you, you would have to throw around 70 innings. So I guess, yeah. To get uh, – that would be at a 13 strikeout per nine pace. Wow. So, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be tough. And yeah. I, I don't know how long pitchers are going to go at the beginning. Yeah, it's going to make these predictions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't know what baseball is going to look like this year. Yeah. Frankly, we don't know how long baseball is going to last. But I, I think there's a reasonably good chance of it making through the whole season, that, that it's fun to do these little things. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, think, I think someone will get there. I think yeah. someone will get there. Uh, well, I think – do you have any other questions? I have no more. I'm trying to think if there's another category that – oh, wins. Oh, wins. I think it's going to be eight, and I think it's going to be Walker Buehler. I could totally see a reliever leading the league in wins this year. It's possible. It's very possible. Things are going to be screwy and weird in a 60-game season. It could totally happen. Tyler Clippard. Shout out to old Nats. Yeah, Tyler Clippard is a twin right now, by the way. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's going to be eight, because eight would, would project to just over 20. Uh, so I think that makes sense. Uh, oh, and I lied. I think I said 70 innings would be 200. Uh -huh. uh, it would be 75. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think eight's probably where we're going to end up. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, just to, let's see, uh, 30, so 100 over, oops. You get to see me do gory math. So it's 2.7. Uh, 34 strike or 34 starts over 2.7. That's 12 to 13 starts is how many we're going to see in the season. Yeah, 12. Uh, it's easier to think about it like 12 to in terms times. of starts. 12 times yeah. five is 60. So, right. Is it 12 times five is 60? That is much easier. I probably should have just done that way. <laughs> yes. Less gory math. Uh, but yeah, so 12 to 13 starts. 
I think eight wins is probably around right. Well, probably 12 starts. It's really hard to see anyone getting 13 starts. No. If you start on opening day, it's definitely possible. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, just to close this whole thing out, this is going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, I think it's hard to take this season with, like, the norm. As we said before in the last podcast, it's hard to take this season with the same kind of vigor and excitement and kind of care about the gritty minute-to-minute right. details as a normal season. I think care about this season in the abstract and the fact that baseball is happening. Care about the fact that, you know, you have a – Just enjoy it. Yeah, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Every day, you know, as we said in the last podcast three weeks ago, every day since we've been in this has felt so monotonous and everything has felt the same every day. It will be nice for me, for someone who, who keeps time through baseball, to feel like something different is happening every day and for you know, me to have my favorite thing back. Uh, I'm, I'm just really excited about it. So we're looking forward to Thursday. Cole Scherzer, best matchup you can ask for for opening night. I think yep. we're looking forward to that. So we'll see you guys maybe next Sunday. We don't know. Probably next Sunday. Probably next Sunday. Yep. Uh, until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you next week. See you next week.